And so the point is, what you're saying is when you apply yourself, reading is available. It's a gift from God and available to everybody. And something that we haven't touched on, think about the sovereign mystery on how God chose to reveal himself Mm. to most of human history through the written word, through the written word. He could have chosen any other way. But he chose the written word, and then he designed our minds, like we've been talking about, to absorb information when we read it in a very particular kind of way. In other words, God created you to read. From time to time, guys, we have talked about our dreams in life here on the way of the master way of the master what <laughs> you know why i said that because i'm looking at mark's cup and it says way of the master that was oh, weird we need we need podcast cups oh yeah that's a good idea. we need to get those merch merch yes listener on- would you guys buy merch leave us a email at podcast at livingwaters.com tell us if you want merch yeah Anyways, I would like a podcast merch. Seriously, I'd love a mug that says that. Yeah, we'll get it going. I'll write it down. AZ, write it down so we don't forget. (laughs) All right, mugs, here we go. All right. Yes, um, I was... uh, We could call the program The Four Mugs. (laughs) (laughs) The Four Muggies. As I was saying, friends, from time to time, we talk about our dreams. And I would like to share... My dream with you all today. One of my greatest dreams. (laughs) One of my biggest dreams in life is this. It is to see Ray Comfort in a white jumpsuit, in a white straight jacket, in a white circular room with no door and no windows. That's not a dream. That's a nightmare for you. (laughs) Ray, what I would give to see that. I can't imagine. He would explode. You would just explode. Doing nothing drives me crazy. That's why I hate airports. Just have to sit there. Mark kept me sane in the airports by doing insane things. Oh. Remember we were stuck in What's the airport. What's the most insane thing years? Mark's done in an airport? Oh, sitting, sitting on oh, most insane <laughs> thing, falling down for no reason <laughs> with a whole stack of people around. He's often done that. He'd just fall right down and, and people go, oh, you okay? I said, no, he's just been silly. And it's like really dramatic collapse. I remember the last time we traveled, I went to carry your suitcase. I go, Ray, I have your suitcase. And we're at the top of the stairs. You threw it down the stairs. <laughs> threw it down the stairs. <laughs> but that keeps me sane. Stuff like this made me, makes me laugh. If there's, any, if there's any reason, Ray, I would stop traveling with you, even though you don't travel anymore, it would be because of what you do when you see a dog in an airport. I'm a furry. By. You know what? You you know what? Maybe you are a furry. <laughs> that was our, our recent uh, podcast we did. Ray will literally bark out loud when he sees a dog in an airport, and no one knows it's me. I can, I can throw my voice, and the dog takes notice. He turns around, what, what, what? You know, it just makes me laugh. I've, I spent, I've actually spent too long in airports, and that's a sign. Yeah, you've gone insane. So, Ray, you in a white straight jacket, sitting in a white room with white walls, no door, no window. <laughs> we have a straight jacket. Now, friends, for those of you we that have don't, a room with no no windows. Oh yeah, those of you that don't understand, Ray Ray has to always be doing something. His mm-hmm. brain's always going. He's got to touch things. He's got to do things. But you would lose your mind. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just totally I think in five minutes <laughs> you would lose your mind. Yeah, I actually thought to myself, if I'm ever arrested for being a Christian and thrown into some jail for years, I'd work out until I've got a body that looks like a doorknob. <laughs> well, it actually happened. And I had to wait for a doctor for 15 minutes once in this room with no windows, so I thought I'll do a workout. It lasted for about 30 seconds. It's <laughs> 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 crazy. I'm not insane. Oh, what I would give to see that, though, Ray. That would be one of the most It'd glorious sights. friends you know we get people that listen to the podcast they'll often do stuff kindly for us um they've given us things they've you know people give me chocolate they've heard i've talked about chocolate baklava yeah baklava someone give you baklava at a conference so friends if anyone out there can find us a room a white and a white straight jacket for Ray, please. I'll talk. I'll do anything you want. Yeah. <laughs> oh, while being tickled. No. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ray's other worst nightmare. If, I just got to explain that. I panic if I get tickled. Same with my my daughter Rachel. Yes. You, you know she's got a word oh, that she yes. says to you. Say this is not funny. Stop now. It's yeah. the worst. To bully, isn't it? Because I love to that. tickle her very much. So. No, just don't do it. No, it's it. Kirk would poke my rib in a plane and I'd scream. I want to see Mark do something around. No, Mark knows never to do it. <laughs> really, I've got a ferocious yeah. karate chop. Yeah. But guys, just on that thought, anything that you have that would be your worst nightmare in life? My worst nightmare? I'll tell you mine while you think of yours. You're asking dumb questions. <laughs> Seriously, my worst nightmare would be to be trapped no, Ray, don't do that. Oh, oh, that's another one. I don't even like to think about it. Oh, my one. wife doesn't like it when I do that. Really? Oh, this one? Oh. We better say what we're doing. Oh, There is ch- uh, fingernails on a, on a chalkboard. <sighs> you know, that. there's certain sounds. I've got one that I cannot stand. Sets my teeth on edge. Oh. Easy's is grabbing something between your teeth. It sends an absolute well, insane material. material. It's, got a, it's like, it's material. It's cloth, oh, like if cloth. you bit onto something. Yeah, cloth but, material. Yeah, anything like wool or cotton. Oh, so I, if it touches oh, his teeth? If I, yeah, if I want to really Look, destroy I him, I, I yell out even. to him, easy, flock of oh. sheep between the teeth. Oh. And that freaks him out. <laughs> I have to lick my teeth and rub my teeth talk. with my finger to get over it. What is going on? I wonder if that's a phobia. Oh, no. Okay, so that, which I didn't want to get to because that's probably even worse than this. But, <laughs> bring experience. But so mention trapped, White Room again and I'm oh, going to bring it up. No, I will never do it again. Well, I'll try not to. But being <laughs> trapped, like a building collapsing on me, being trapped to where I'm pinned and and my my eyes and my nose, everything, it's just like, the, you know, whatever it is, the beam or the wall is just right there and I can't escape. That claustrophobic feeling. Are you claustrophobic otherwise? Not really. Well, I was fine until you mentioned that. Oh. <laughs> but you what know about what I mean? Throw a dozen spiders in there too. Oh. But you can't move and you're trapped and and you don't know how to escape and you, oh, yeah. Can do it. Thanks, you guys? You just, all, our, all our listeners are freaking out. I'm kind of like that with swimming. I have, I have to make sure that I can grab the edge like within three seconds of me thinking. That really? I'm, yeah. Can you swim? I'm not a strong swimmer you at mean all. You swim down. No, but you can fully swim. I, I can swim, but it totally freaks me out. I think I can tread water for like 30 seconds. Something happened as a kid? To- I did dive in a couple of times and hit my head and wear a neck brace. That's a clue. We're doing psychological analysis today. Yeah. I think my biggest nightmare might be um, 
being forced to watch a baseball game. <laughs> Wait, do you hate baseball? Really? Are you I'm not a that? big fan of baseball. Oh, no. I fall asleep. You and me both. Really? Oh, I went to a baseball game and saw a whole crowd playing beach ball. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Because it's... <laughs> and Mark actually went yesterday and oh, sat. And he sat in a box at a baseball game. Yeah, but let really me tell you this: How much Oscar. of the game did you watch? Honestly, how many minutes of the game did you actually uh, watch? Probably half. Really? Yeah. All eighteen hours. <laughs> but no, seriously Oscar. when they hit the ball and they run it is exciting but it yeah, that happens hit. once every 10 minutes well, Oscar I'm so glad you said that honestly seriously even as, as I think of it now I get the most miserable feeling inside <laughs> me I remember going to a baseball game once and I thought I'm, it's very hard to get me bored. I have a really long attention span. It's really difficult. <laughs> Ray's gone. It's difficult. But I remember sitting in that baseball game and thinking, I want to die. <laughs> it seriously felt like it, like it, like a miserable eternity. I don't know what it is. It's like no one's paying attention. Nothing happens. And you hear this. Okay, this constant sound. Baseball players on a cloudy oh. day with sheep in their teeth. Oh, and the whole trap player building. <laughs> <laughs> Where all he can see is the baseball game happening. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I, I, wanna, sit when, I just want to leave this room now. I don't want to do this podcast. When anymore. my wife and I first got married, we, we lived with uh, her parents for the first year or two uh, to save money to buy our house. And my father in law loves baseball. And I love my father in law. And so, you know, as the new son in law, I really wanted to bond with him to watch a baseball game with him, but every time he turned it on within minutes, I would just be passed oh, out. Seriously, I, I would rarely, pass out. I couldn't do it. I've rarely found anyone who shares my hatred of baseball as You're much. So we're going to get so golf. much hate mail. If you want to send hate mail, send it to easy at. <laughs> no, golf, Mark, you see a nice green lawn. It's relaxing. It's a great it's, way to take a nap. Oh, yeah, I was, I'm true. with Mark on this. Yeah. Even the way they talk, the golfers are trying to put you to sleep. They're that's like, true. And, he, and he steps up to the green with his stick <laughs> and he hits the ball. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so. But baseball. Yeah. Something happens in golf, though. There's a hole and the ball goes in. You think that's great. Yeah. You'd rather have a good book than watch baseball, I take it. All day. Yeah. Speaking of books. Speaking of books. Speaking hey, of books. what a great segue. Hmm. Brilliant. Friends, today on the Living Waters podcast, we're talking about the we lost- spent nine minutes, 25 seconds- On misery. About- <laughs> on utter misery. But now we're going to talk about glorious things. The lost art of Christians reading good books. Guys, what's up with people who hate to read we have had a revival in reading, haven't we? Didn't we think, wasn't reading going out when iPads came in and other stuff that reading just sort of went back? But hasn't it seen a revival? Well, we thought, I, well, I remember thinking paperback Paper books print. were going to be history. Yeah, but the pandemic has got people back into reading, reading books. Am I right? Uh, I think to some degree, but I, I still sense, maybe I'm wrong. I don't was know. Very gracious I don't read, easy. so I wouldn't know, <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but maybe, I think this this new generation, though, of kids. Yeah. Because of the fast-paced media sort of formats and social media and all the stuff that keeps them zoned out, I think not very many are reading. Am well, I right? Probably I never experienced the pleasure of reading a book that you quote cannot put down. Mm. When you've got a, that is such a pleasure to actually. The next best experience. is reading a book that you have to read again. Someone once said, you read a book the first time to decide whether you want to read it a second time. Mm. And I found that to be true. Some of my favorite books I have to read a second time. Is that just men or is women too? I don't know. I think my wife, my, my wife is an avid reader and she's, she's read books more than once. This thing is just reading them a second time first. Did you, did you guys read at all before you got saved? 
I mean, I like I, I used to read stop signs <laughs> <laughs> backwards. Yes, not at all. I, I boy, I didn't. I did not read pots. You're. I was looking for a cliff note version. <laughs> wait, of the wait. Cliff version. It took you that long to figure out. Stop. Uh, no, I didn't want a button mark. I had to go uh, button mark. I didn't want a button mark, and so I had to wait the gap between the sentences before I said pots. <laughs> pots. <laughs> and tips is spelt spits backwards. Anyway, tips. carry on. Sorry, Mark. No, that's good. <laughs> I can see why you'd want to interrupt with that. <laughs> high caliber uh, comedy. Soon we'll be talking about how to spell Bob backwards. Yeah. Ahead, Mark. Uh, okay. No, I, I mean I would look for the cliff note version of the cliff note version of books. I just would hate <laughs> reading anything. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. So you don't, you wouldn't read War and Peace. I mean, something a bit thick book. No, I, I. So I've noticed Ron upstairs, our CFO, reads books that are my height. That's how big the books are. <laughs> Those books are actually where he hides his weapons. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I was the same way. I was not a reader, although I gravitated toward the written word. I mean, I, I, my one of my favorite things in school was when we did vocabulary or what tense to use in a certain you know, sentence with a word or whatever. And how to express yourself. Uh, but, huh? <laughs> but no, I wasn't, yeah, I, I just didn't have a reason to read. I was busting yeah, rhymes and rapping and gang banging. rhymes. Pleasure. Doing that thing, yeah. I. But you were a reader. I have <laughs> always loved reading. I can remember the books that made me fall in love with reading. The book series. Green that, Eggs and Ham. Yep. <laughs> the book series that I loved as a kid pre-teenager was the Goosebumps. Remember those books? Oh, yeah. No. I started reading those books and I fell in love. And then I remember a stepdad of mine had this- A stepdad of yours? Yes, we've gone through that before. My fifth stepdad had on his bookshelf this green hardcover book with gold print. Hmm. And I remember grabbing it, pulling it down and reading the cover. And it was the Lord of the Rings- Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. And I started to read that book and I could not put it down. How old were you? I absolutely fell in love. This so, was pre high school. Really? Pre high school. Yeah. You read Lord of the Rings? I read Lord of the Rings. The trilogy? The whole trilogy? Well, the, the, yes. The, the way that's put in, in the books, though, is a little different than like a trilogy. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're pretty short. But yeah, I started reading it. And then, uh, and then I went back and read The Hobbit. And so, yeah, I just, I've always loved reading. I've really enjoyed so, it. So I can ask a question. Is there such a thing as a gift of reading? Because I am not a speed reader. I tried to read a book on speed reading once and didn't finish. And I'm deadly serious. <laughs> I, when I read, I, I, I can speed read. I read through the page. I get to the bottom. I haven't got a clue what I sped read. 
my mind just runs off in another direction. That's your problem. You want to do everything so fast. I know, it's crazy, yeah. but, but I, can't, I can't stop it. There is people who have more challenging. I actually, my wife and I think I'm undiagnosed dyslexic because I do weird things with words when I'm reading them. Mm. I am a very slow reader. I consider myself a slow reader. My wife is a speed reader. She read a 787-page book in one day. Wow. I would never be able to do that. Like I just, I couldn't try to speed read my way through it. But they do say that the more you read, the more you build up your muscle for reading. So what ends up happening is that you can comprehend more, you could read longer. For some people who don't read often, maybe they read five or 10 minutes and then they fall asleep. I, but I if do, you, that's what I do. But if you do that regularly, that five or 10 turns into 15 to 20, to 20 to 30, to 30 to 40, and so forth and so on it goes. And so reading is like this muscle that you create for yourself that's good for your mind uh, and it's great for your sleep. So when you read, do you see a sentence or do you see the words? Because speed reader can look at a paragraph and and just say okay i know what that says yeah i'm a sentence reader i mean i'm sorry i'm a word reader you have I'm to a word you look at each word yeah i do i dissect the sentence okay but oscar this is what i want to know because i i know you are a, a voracious reader i mean i can totally see that connection now from when you fell in love with it as a kid but when you say you're a slow reader, and I think there was one year where you committed to read like somewhere in the ballpark of 100 books or something it was no it was 50 Six, it was 58 books? 58 books. books. A book a week. <laughs> yeah, the gift of exaggeration. So, I like 100. When you tell the story, tell them 100. <laughs> so so w- when you committed to read those 40,000 books, Oscar, <laughs> how do you read 58 books slowly? Well, one, not all of them were really long books. Some of them were shorter. <laughs> Again, green eggs and ham. <laughs> Honestly, it's how much time you read. So I read about 45 minutes in the morning. I'll try to sneak in 30, 40 minutes somewhere in the middle of my day. And then I end up reading for about an hour before bedtime. So if you add that up, that's what? Let's say, I mean, it's three hours at the most, two hours at the shortest every day. And that's aside from scripture reading you're talking about? Yes. I don't ca- I don't categorize. My time in the Word doesn't count in all of yeah. that. That's something separate. I treat that as something separate. But if you add that up, that's, you know, in 365 days a year, if I do two hours a day, that's a lot. I mean, yeah. in, in two hours, most people can read more than one chapter. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, I, I try to tell people a bit at a time, right? You all know friends who've been listening. I've been working on a book now for a while. My book on on Fight Like a Man, Bold Biblical Battle Plan. All 487 for chapters. Personal purity. I know, it keeps going. But I am on my last chapter now, and here's how what helped me. I committed to write every single day, no matter what. So January 1st, 2021, I will write every single day. And now we're deep into 2022. I have not missed one day of writing. And that's why I'm 24. I'm probably 90,000, probably 80,000 to 90,000 words. It's amazing. Which is a long book, but it was writing every day, little by little. Yes, Ray Comfort. I want to be there when you get the first edited manuscript from the publisher and it says... Just get rid of this page, get rid of that page. Shall I send it to Lynn Copeland, right? No, just, just don't send it. Lynn is a perfectionist. She's wonderful. She'll write me a book back. She did the evidence Bible, but you get, the manuscripts come, come back and they're read. Lynn is brilliant. Well, By the way, on that note, can I tell you guys something last night that was a great experience? So I'm on my last chapter now. And the last chapter is just a recap. But last night I read my second to last chapter, which is really the end of the, the, you know, the content of the book. And I get to the end and... Whew, you're crying. Um, I was reading it to Rachel, and Rachel teared up. 
Did she? And she she goes, it's so good. And um, it just, I sorry, I'm getting all emotional. It just really touched me, you know, because wow. I've been pouring my heart into this thing. We've got to get a publisher. Easy. And I know. And we all know that the most difficult people to impress is your family. <laughs> I mean, Ray, you know, when, when one of your kids have read your books or even I or Rachel go, that book was amazing. You're like, really? You get excited about it. So when my wife, the most precious person on this earth, teared up and said that to me it just like was like wow all right wow. i don't care who else likes it or doesn't That's like rad. it my wife likes it That's so anyway it's true though because uh my your family is the hardest one to please like my mom was telling me something about her friend having a youtube channel and i go hey you know i'm on a tv show she's like that's nice too. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say ray you get back home from speaking to thousands and people raving and then sue the, says take the, the trash, trash out, out. <laughs> <laughs> the lord has a way to keep us humble yeah absolutely. but let me do say this like for anybody who's listening who has a hard time reading don't think about how many books you need to read pick one and commit to a chapter a day Find a friend that will read it with you to hold yourself accountable. Yeah. If you read a chapter a day, you could probably pretty easily read five to 10 books a year. Yeah. And that kind of stuff adds up. The wisdom that you get out of those books will add up. There's a value to reading. Someone said this, and I love this quote. When you listen and read one thinker, you become a clone. Two thinkers, you become confused. 10 thinkers, you begin to develop your own voice. Two or 300 thinkers, you become wise and develop that voice. Wow. And I love that. I think that's true. That's so good. You know, I've got to get to this quote before you guys get to it. Spurgeon said, give Spurgeon yourself. Spurgeon once said that. <laughs> no, stop <laughs> Give yourself unto reading. I've got to say unto. I changed it to two and it just doesn't sound the same. Spurgeon said, give yourself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. And going back to your thing earlier, that was a quick. It's good. That was Spurgeon. (laughs) That was incredible. (laughs) Going back to what you said earlier about people not reading these days, there is a problem with the way we consume information. We've talked about this before in a previous podcast, and I like to say that we are information rich but wisdom poor. Right. Because a lot of people nowadays, what they do is they go to what I call YouTube University. When you want to have an idea or an opinion, or when you want to choose to understand how to see something new in the news, people go to YouTube and they watch YouTube videos. And that's all they ever do nowadays is just get their information from Google or YouTube. And here's the problem with that is that YouTube is an algorithm that is designed to deliver content to you that confirms your already confirmation bias and drum up your anger. YouTube University is not meant to grow your wisdom. On top of that, content creators' main goal on the internet is to create clickable, watchable content. Rich wisdom is not on the forefront of their minds. As a matter of fact, some of the best YouTube videos out there are probably the least watched because they're not made to be clickable, right? Yeah. In other words, like if our wisdom is pulled just from watching YouTube videos, just from Googling stuff and reading articles and things of that nature... All we're getting is reduced headlines, rhetorical talking points, and we lose out on the nuance of reading a rich book. Honestly, it's the difference between, it's like only ever eating meat sticks your entire life and acting like, <laughs> and acting like you're eating a real steak. Ooh, that's yeah. the difference oh, between reading a good book and watching something on YouTube. Mm. Reading a good book will 
remove you from that derivative of wisdom and actually allow you to enter into the wise counsel of others. Yeah, I love so that. So I've got some insane thoughts about reading that I want to throw out to you guys. Like thumbs, we take reading for granted. Here we go with the thumbs again. <laughs> yeah, I'm just bouncing off the thumbs. We take reading for granted. It's just something we do. But it's a phenomenon that takes ink or paint or digitized words and puts images, puts images in our brains. Amazing. It's just quite incredible when you think yeah. about it. Um, I was thinking you've got a blind man born blind. He's got Braille in front of him. He's never seen any color or any images but he feels those bumps and mm. they become words that wow. give him images in his brain that he's never seen. Oh, wow. Like he, the blind man reads Braille. The bright yellow sun arose over the green trees into the vast blue sky. What does he see? <laughs> it's just incredible. Oh, that is that's that's amazing. And right? it just makes me think how incredible reading is and how the brain is so fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. I mean, Mark, what in the world is it? It's these shapes, these symbols in our language, 26 of them, right? I think mm-hmm. that's what's in the English. <laughs> Last time I checked. 26 of them combined in a certain order, separated by spaces, and somehow, you know, given punctuation that lets us know if it's a statement or a question or an exclamation. I mean, isn't this in and of itself evidence of the oh, reality man, of God? Yeah. Well, you think of the word pig. It's P-I-O. Pie, and then put a G on it, you've got the image of a big pink pig snorting. It's just now incredible. I'm in the mood for a pig pie. Thanks, <laughs> Mark. Do you have anything wise to say? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's actually really interesting that God would uh, gift us and allow man to uh, discover, you know, the beauty of words and written words and spoken words. You know, Philip DeCourcy, our pastor, said, Leaders are readers and mm. readers are leaders. I love that. Uh, you can't just idly sit on your hands when you have information. You know, Solomon, he, he had said that through much knowledge comes angst and uh, sadness. Because oftentimes you can know what to do and see the way things need to be, and then there is no change. Mm. You know, a wise man can often be a depressed man because he might be the only wisest person around. I mean, how many times have you told your kids, you know, guys that, hey, do this. This is, this is a good thing to do. This is a good route to take. Go down this path, and then they don't do it. And you know what it's going to bring them. You know the turmoil that's going to maybe uh, torment uh, the soil of uh, their hearts. And that, that's a difficult thing. You know, R.C. Sproul, I'm reading a book right now. My son came to me and said, Dad, I'd love to read a book with you uh, dealing with uh, theology. Mm. So awesome. I had asked. Uh, what a blessing like, to hear yeah, that. Yeah, isn't that mm. just neat? So we are, uh, I'm on chapter four right now. We're reading a book, Everyone's a Theologian mm. uh, by R.C. Sproul. Oh, that's a good one. Everyone's a Theologian. Mm. And good somebody book. once said, everyone is a theologian, but most of them are bad theologians. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. that Winston Churchill that said that? I, I don't know who said that. <laughs> <laughs> Winston Churchill. No, please don't get us going on Winston Churchill again. I read a book with my wife called This Momentary Marriage by John Piper. Good we one read too. it during first service of our church uh, on Sundays. We meet inside the car. We go through the book. She reads or I read, and then we pray. Um, very, very good. On my own, I'm reading Show Me Your Glory by Steve Lawson. Can you read out loud without mistakes? Um, That's hard to do for me. Yes, yeah, very hard for me. I put words in there that aren't in there. <laughs> I often will do that based on the people that are listening. If we have family devos or stuff, 
there are some mannerisms and some talk that I do that I'll just naturally put inside the book, knowing that it'll connect yeah. with my kids and with my wife. I think there's also a value in understanding how to read. Because some people will read simply because they think, I got to get to this book. I want to be done with this book. But reading is a conversation that you have with the author. Yeah. And it's okay to slow down and find places to agree and find places to disagree with that author. Look for ways of rewording things. How would I put that into my own words so I can describe to other people? Maybe that's why I'm a slow reader is because I tend to do that. And, you know, there's a give and a take to both. Like I envy my wife because she's such a fast reader. She can read so many more. I could just never keep up with her. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, she pointed out that I tend to remember the, the point of each chapter a little bit more thoroughly than her. And so there's a kind of a give and take there. Slower readers perhaps have their own strength. Maybe yeah. you can't read as much but maybe you can remember and dissect a book in a way that someone else wouldn't. It's okay. You don't have to. The point isn't to finish the book. Yeah. The point is to, to have a conversation. When you eat slowly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, one of the greatest joys of my life has been teaching my kids to read. So, you know, we homeschool and my main role at the outset is to teach the kids to read. So I've taught all five of my children to read. And we use this wonderful book. For those of you listening, if you have young kids and you're homeschooling them, you want to teach them to read, it's a great book called Teach Your Child to Read and 100 Easy Lessons. Hmm. And it is phenomenal. It's 100 lessons. It's turnkey. Everything is written for you and what even what you say as you're saying it. And it's like a 15-minute lesson every day. After 100 days, uh, they're reading at a second grade level. I mean, Julia was just wasn't even four yet when we finished it and she was reading at a second grade level and so your grandson's not even two and he's reading like college well in the womb in the the womb womb. but it's been such a gift to give them because they love to read i mean some more than others like my daughter julia is a maniac bookworm Mm. i I remember in fact her her biggest transgression in life was we caught her sneak reading a few times in bed like she's supposed to go to bed and she's like you know you know what's funny is the one of the I think the very first conversation I ever had with Julia, we were rattling off book recommendations oh, to each other. Yeah, uh, probably she's read a couple thousands of bu- yeah, books. Probably. I've never she's... ever heard that phrase before, sneak reading. Sneak reading, yeah. <laughs> We'd catch her sneak reading. We have to tell our kids to lights out on their reading too because yeah. they read through the night. And it's such a joy you know, to see kids. The word is clear. I mean, it says in the Proverbs, it's also good for a soul. It's not good for – it's also good for a soul to be without – not to be without – Wow. Good thing you're not reading that. (laughs) It is not good. Also, it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge. Proverbs 19.2. But that's what a book is, you know, a well-written book through which you gain information. Or if it's a a fictional book to gain creativity and and also inspiration through that. I sometimes get distracted when I read. Uh, I was looking up quotes from Spurgeon about books, and I found this incredible quote by Spurgeon, which has nothing to do with reading books. (laughs) Listen, the book of Proverbs deals very hard blows against sluggards, and Christian ministers do well frequently to denounce the great sin of idleness, which is the mother of a huge family of sins. And I just thought, wow. And and look how cool this is, right? Spurgeon wrote that in the 1800s, and here we are today still getting impacted by no, it. No, no, no. Spurgeon wrote in the 1800s, and I'm looking at it on an iPad. <laughs> today. <laughs> exactly. Today. And, and let me just say this. Man, we have so much to say on this subject. I know that some of you listening right now, you struggle with reading. 
like Ray mentions, you know, sometimes, you know, some of you may read and you get distracted or you fall asleep or maybe you're dyslexic. But let me just say, again, it's not about, like Oscar mentioned, these huge quantities or whatever, but being consistent and doing it. And honestly, really, not very many of us have an excuse. Mark, you and I both know, we know Pastor Trent Douglas, dyslexic. The guy would go to Denny's simply because there were pictures on the menu and he didn't have to try to read what I was saying. He couldn't read. And he's been a pastor now who's impacted the world. I mean, the missions organization through that church is reaching people all around the world. In fact, I'm going next week to a church we had planted that has now planted, I think, around 40 churches. And they're sending people back to America. This is in Mexico to plant churches. And I remember sitting there thinking, this guy's dyslexic. He couldn't read. He became so passionate about the word. He would read it on audio and follow along. He'd have people read books for him on tape back then, and he would follow along. Dr. Dennis Eastman, Dr. Dennis Eastman, radically dyslexic, had the hardest time reading. Not only is he a a doctor now and a professor at a university, but he's a professor of education. So no excuse. I had a funny experience the other day. I I witnessed to a guy and at the end I says, can I give you a gospel of John? And he says, uh, ah, he's a skeptic. He says, I have trouble reading. So I opened it up and read it to him on camera. <laughs> I, read, <laughs> Did you really? I read about a page and a half or something like that. And he was just sitting there listening. It was quite amazing. Wow. It was funny. Yeah. If you truly desire to grow in knowledge and truth and understanding, you can find a way, even if it's audio, right? I mean, mm-hmm. get that information into you. Here's some tips on why reading is good, just in general. This is from, from a website. It says, reading is good for you because it improves your focus memory, empathy, and communication skills. It can reduce stress, improve your mental health, and help you live longer. Reading also allows you to learn new things to help you succeed in your work and relationships. Can I, I'm going to That brag. was crazy. Merci beaucoup. I'm going to brag on my son for a minute because uh, two years ago now, we, we figured out that he's dyslexic and we sat, we did all of our research and, and told him one of the things that we found that was incredible is that people, uh, someone who has dyslexia, it's not so much a reading comprehension issue. What it is is their brains work differently. Mm. And what they end up doing is they end up being able to comprehend problems that you and I would think are uncomparable. They're able to mash those together and find solutions. And so we are wow. so amazed to realize that like MIT, one of the most prestigious, hardest schools to get into is known as a dyslexia institute because something like 80% of the people that get in there have dyslexia. Same thing with guys who work on the rocket ships. Like they tend to have dyslexia because their minds work in these incredible ways. And so we sat down and we told our son, like, look at, these are all of your strengths. We see, I mean, and he, it is, he's a smart kid. He can like, I mean, you give him a Lego, a 500 piece Lego. I think he enjoys putting it together more than he actually enjoys playing with it. He loves that stuff. They walk into the office, they're actually here now, and he sees that weird moving clock and he gravitates right towards it because he wants to figure out how things work. And so the point is, once he discovered that, it helped him understand why he was comprehending words differently. And then he applied himself that much harder and his reading scores soared. Like this year at the end of the school year, he was just killing it in the area of reading. And so the point is, what you're saying is when you apply yourself, reading is available. It's a gift from God and available to everybody. And something that we haven't touched on, think about the sovereign mystery on how God chose to reveal himself Mm. to most of human history through the written word, through the written word. He could have chosen any other way 
but he chose the written word. And then he designed our minds, like we've been talking about, to absorb information when we read it in a very particular kind of way. In other words, God created you to read. Yeah. Amen. That's so good, Oscar. Yeah, and th- there are so many benefits to reading. Here's some that I found on, on the website. It says, number one, uh, you gain valuable knowledge, you exercise your brain, you improve your focus, you improve your memory, you enjoy entertainment, you improve your ability to empathize, you improve your communication skills, you reduce stress, you improve your mental health, and believe it or not, number 10, you live longer. <laughs> you live longer. And I, and I thought, oh, how's that? So this is what it says under that. It says, this last effect of reading is perhaps one of the most exciting and interesting. It turns out that the health benefits of reading can help you live longer. 12-year study on health and retirement found that those who read books survived around two years longer than those who didn't read books or read magazines and other forms of media. Additionally, those who read for 30 minutes a day, three and a half hours per week, were 23% more likely to outlive those who didn't read often. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So I wonder how much my dad read. We're getting ready to celebrate his 112. Actually, he was quite a reader. Yes, Mark. We're talking about uh, Al Mohler earlier. He said, if the college you visit has a bookstore filled with T-shirts rather than books, find another college. (laughs) Now, Mohler, he he went on to talk about if you do get distracted in reading books, he said, this will keep your attention. Have a discussion with the author. Mm. Hash it out with the author. Write questions for the author inside the margins. Write questions for yourself that you don't just highlight, you don't just underline, but write out different things. And you'll find yourself turning the page quicker and wanting to engulf yourself inside the book. Mm. Now, I would imagine Al Mohler is a very well-read individual. And I liked that approach uh, that he gives with books if you get uh, distracted. Jim Eliff, he said, when buying books, remember the following, five points. Buy only the best books, since you will only read a few hundred in your lifetime. When possible, seek a recommendation first. Two, don't excessively fret over the price, since the cost of a book is always small if it impacts your life for good. And it's an inheritance that you will pass on to your kids. Wow. Three, buy to preserve the truth for your family or some deserving friends or institution in the future, for they will inherit your library when you die not just your kids if they don't like them. Four, never let the reading of books replace the reading of the Bible. Yeah. Instead of one or the other, do both. Yeah. There should be a good balance. And lastly, number five, let a good book humble you and not make you proud by seeking God in what you read. Mm -hmm. On part four, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say I'm going to make guys stumble because some guy about 30 years ago, um, someone died and they gave me the person's whole library of hundreds of cream of books, pure, pure, Puritan books and stuff like What'd that. What'd you do with them, Ray? Left them in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. I will never forgive you for that. Yeah. On point four, John Piper once said, judge a man not by the size of his library, but the notes in his Bible. <laughs> and I loved that That's because it's, it's a great point. We, mm-hmm. we should read old dead theologians because they give us a different perspective. They, yeah. they grew up in a different culture. They uh, struggled with different things. They were interacting with different stuff. And so when we read guys from a different time and a different culture and a different era, what it does is it illuminates things about our time, culture, and era that current authors simply cannot do. So we should read old dead theologians. We should read trusted resources now. But when we read, we should always read the word of they have God. a favorite Amen. book? 
I, you know, I had a feeling we were going to talk about that. I don't know if I have a favorite book. I have a couple that I've really loved. Most recently, one of the best books that I've read recently, where again, a judgment is I'm not even done with the book. And I was thinking to myself, I need to read this again. I'm going to read this again. It's called Everything Sad is Untrue. Um, Daniel something. It is so Comfort. beautiful, beautifully written. No, you you would love it. Uh, I mean, I think you guys would all love it. It's it's basically a testimony on how his his mom grew up in Iran. She was a Shiite, which means she has direct blood lineage to Muhammad, and she converts to Christianity. And they go into asylum and end up in the United States. And he just writes beautifully. I'm not saying it's my favorite book, but that's my favorite book recently. Mm. Um, I think it'd be easier. I wanted to ask you guys this: books that have shaped your walk yeah. with Christ. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'd be great to share that. And but but I do. I don't want what you said to get missed, Oscar, because we didn't touch on it. But but reading the Word and making that the foundation of your life, because you can get caught up in books. And I know there are a lot of people who read a lot of books, but they neglect the word. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Rachel and I have read a lot of books together. And I think that's a good thing to encourage people in. It's if you're married, try to read books with your spouse. You know, Rachel and I have read multiple marriage books together. Yeah, We're reading one together right now called I Still Do. It's a follow-up to Dave Harvey's book, When Sinners Say I Do. And this is for couples who've been married for a long time. And it's just so great to journey together. Sometimes life gets busy, right? And it's hard to to stay consistent, but you want to try to. But reading the Word, in fact, last night, we just finished through going through the whole Bible together. Oh, We've wow. read the New Testament multiple times together, but we started a journey a while back through the whole Bible. That's and amazing. last night, Revelation 22, we, fin- we finished. Oh, it's a good feeling, and, isn't it? Oh, it's just Wait, so great. Read, what happens at the end? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> Sue and I read the whole Bible in the Amplified Version, which really annoyed the neighbors. <laughs> we did read the Amplified Version. In the beginning. Jesus wept, took 20 minutes. Anyway, what I love saying is visit many good books, but live in the Bible. You don't say that. No, I did. I said it. Because Spurgeon said that. It's a famous quote by Spurgeon, and uh, I love it. Visit many books, but yeah. live in the Bible. And then read with your kids. You know, we oh, would yeah. read, I read that as, book. How does it go? As a kid, as the kids were growing up, I, I would read, we'd read books at dinner time, like at the table. I, you know, after we eat, we just sit around and read, and, you know, books along with our devotional time with them. And, um, and right now, I'm reading books with each one of my kids. And so, it's so good to do. It's a forgotten art. Like it's like easy. It's like you're going back a hundred years in time where you wow. read with your family mm-hmm. after a meal. Oh. Would you do voices? I'm the voice. Oh guy. yeah, I would. Kelly just, will just read. Yeah, I do. There's I'm times a, I would do drama guy. and voices, and but you know, um, you know, it, and it's great. Like I'm reading one with Danny called uh, "Created for Work." And, it, and I had read it with Luke, and it's just about the workplace. And it's really short chapters, but they're so full of wisdom. And the kids are like, yeah, with Luke, I'm reading uh, Discipl- uh, Disciplines of a Godly Man. And we're hitting different topics that are just so rich, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll start. What, what, two of the books that I would recommend to every Christian on the face of the earth. In fact, I just recommended them to someone, and he actually read them in a very quick amount of time. And I was, I was blown away. Or maybe listen to them on audio. But um, The Discipline of Grace by Jerry Bridges, I I may have mentioned it here, and The Gospel Primer. Those books have so shaped my life. I wish I would have read them. Primer. 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 Uh, Augustine? I guess. Yeah, right. (laughs) But uh, but it's they so shape me because they touch on the gospel and they exhort us to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. Uh, So those are huge. Yeah, Disciplines of a Godly Man is another one. Pursuit of God, uh, The Knowledge of God uh, by J.I. Packer. 
Um, oh, just I can go on and on, but we don't have. I much might time recommend left. for people to if you're looking, how do I stay well balanced? I for me, uh, a good biography. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Lawson said before he goes to bed, he's always reading a biography of someone. Yeah, and he's written a bunch of biographies on people. Um, because of what we do in our call, read good books on the gospel. Because the gospel never gets old. Always be uh, tightening your message. Right. Uh, Pizza's here. Why do you keep banging? <laughs> if you hear knocking, friends. Are... Is he, what's the name of the author of the Gospel Primer? Uh, Milton mm-hmm. Vincent. Okay. Yeah, yeah Milton Vincent, uh, a Gospel Primer, and then um, Jerry Bridges. Just uh, he calls it Grace. Primer. You know, primer. But I always yeah, thought does. it was Primer myself. He has an accent though. It's potato yeah. potato. What's really, the what's the stuff you put on before you paint? Uh, primer. primer. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> no, it, it's, it, it is often called primer. Some pronounce it primer. And he says primer, primer, whatever, but I think he calls it primer. Do so we go and stop that guy from knocking or No, nah, we're no, almost we're done. It's up. fun. Adds a fact. Uh, right, uh, read books on the attributes of God and the character of God because you'll, you'll never be able to finish mm, getting amen. to know who God is, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I love the idea of devotions with the family. We have one, uh, New Morning Mercies Never Gets Old. Good. Any given moment. Paul you know, Tripp. Hey, guys, let's gather. Quick page. Yeah. Yep, Paul Tripp. Love, love, love uh, Paul Tripp. I don't understand how he does it. He discourages me from writing because I see the way he writes. I know how he so, does it because I asked him. He considers writing his job. The first thing he does every day is write for three or four hours, whether he feels motivated or not. Yeah. He gets up in the morning, sits down at his computer, and he writes three to four hours. And he says most of it he throws away, but every now and then he writes something that ends up yeah, getting one published. One of the most articulate wow. uh, writers I've ever read. I mean, he's he, he incredible. so, yeah. Yeah, for me, um, one of the earlier books that I read that really helped me was Basic Christianity by John Stott, um, Knowing God by J.A. Packer. Both of those really shaped yeah. the early part of my faith. John Stott, Queen's Chaplain. Is that? Yeah, yeah he was the Queen's Chaplain. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Prodigal God by Timothy Keller uh, was a game changer for me, really helped me understand the gospel. Uh, and then my bonus one, I would say, is the Chronicles of Narnia, hmm. because it's this beautiful story that points you to Christ. I read through the whole Narnia series when, after my hernia surgery. Did you? <laughs> yeah, because what, I could... Narnia hernia? You <laughs> <laughs> the Narnia hernia. In fact, after I said... After I said Narnia, I said, or hernia, I said, didn't I say that already? Because I said Narnia. <laughs> Narnia, hernia. Um, Ray, uh, what about you? A lectures to my students. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. Spurgeon's Spurgeon. yeah. lectures. You've mentioned that. That's good. Mm. Yeah. Well, there, there's so much. I mean, we can go on and on, but friends. You do. Yeah. And I will. Go on and on. I like that nobody mentioned one of Ray's books. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and let's uh, thanks for joining us for the Live Watch podcast. I know we got to go. Um, no, let me let me just say that um, Ray's book, uh, the mystery. Which again, um, he's got so many books that are nonfiction, but the mystery was one of the most delightful books I've ever read. Uh, so powerful, so good, um, and. So many books. It, springboards for Effective Evangelism. Do we have that anymore, Ray? Is it something else? We should. That's a good one. Ray just keeps changing the titles of his books. God has a Wonderful Plan, The Way the Master. That's oh, yeah. Way the Master, Elspeth Kept Secret. So many good books, friends. And The Evidence Bible. You can get those all at livingwaters.com. Yeah. Really, so many, so many great books. I mean, Ray's books, How to, how to Overcome Insomnia, How to Overcome Panic Attacks. In fact, we had someone who was a sleep center uh, owner. Mm. 
that help people with their sleep problems. And he said that he, he started making it available to his patients. He purchased it in bulk. He yeah. Said it, he said, I nailed it. That surprised and me. And Ray, you know nothing about this stuff. It's yeah, just yeah. how do you figure it out? It's really I mean, funny. It's, yeah. And maybe by the time someone's listening to this, your book will be out. And what's the title of that? Uh, probably won't be out by then, but be on the lookout for it. Fight Like a Man, a bold biblical paddle plan for personal purity. I'm All really 872 chapters available on Kindle. <laughs> it keeps growing. All right, friends, that's enough. Livingwaters.com. Fight, fight Like a Man? Fight? Fried? What? What's, it called? What's the book called? Fight Like a Man. What's a bold a man? biblical. <laughs> <laughs> it's need... not going to go easy. Yeah. You've got to find another one. I know. We need to wrap this up because I have a hot lunch date with my wife. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, Oscar's family was here. Yeah, shout out, shout out. Family was here. What a blessing, the Navarros. All right, friends. I remember all that stuff. Podcast at livingwaters.com. Thanks for joining us for the Living Water <laughs> Podcast. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters podcast.